investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 41 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So for anyone that's owned an investment property uh, during the pandemic over the last couple of years, you would certainly understand the value of a very good property manager. Now whether that be for, for good or for bad reasons. So today I thought we'd um, we'd go through the things uh, things to look for when you are selecting um, a high quality property manager. And I'm joined today by uh, my colleague Jordan Telfer. Jordan oversees um, our property management relationships with a number of different property managers that we use across Melbourne. Welcome, Jordan. G'day, Jared. Thanks for uh, thanks for the involvement. So I thought we can start off today. We've got a number of points that we're going to go through. Um, the, the key points, and, and we'll just elaborate on each of those around what to look for. But when we were discussing this, you mentioned a, a really good point around making a distinction between management company and actual property manager. Do you want to elaborate on that for us? Yeah, uh, much like um, in a sales relationship, um, sometimes people get attracted too much to the actual company itself, yep. um, the profile, and that's important, but um, particularly property management, it's more and more important that you get the individual because there's a big discrepancy or big difference in experience levels. When we talk about it from a sales perspective, I mean, when we look at a, a, a presentation or an appraisal report that's been sent to us, they all look the same. Mm. From all the big agencies, they're exactly the same. So having the individual who understands the buyers, understands the expectation and understands what the market's doing in that area is why the individual is so important. And I guess that's what we'll elaborate on today, but that's what is the same sorts of things with a property manager. Yeah, so it's really focusing on the individual manager. Yeah. Um, and there is, as I said, even within the one company, even within the one office, there are people that do stand out yep. um, over others. So it's just finding those managers and, um, and yeah. Going from there. Going from there. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's have a look at the first point that, we, that, um, that you've raised. And the first one to look for when selecting a, a high-quality property manager is experience. Um, do you want to go through that? Yeah, much, much with oh, pretty much with any industry, um, but, but in property, whether it's sales or property management, it's experience and knowing, um, having good local knowledge. So as we've discussed in other podcasts, but probably more of a purchasing or sales perspective, um, knowing what works in a certain pocket of um, of Melbourne, for instance. So what will what type of tenant is going to fill the properties within a part of Melbourne is perhaps different from others. So it might. It might be, um, you might be in a, a market where it's uh, students or more transient yep. tenant. It might be uh, more fa- more family homes. So what appeals, and therefore to families. So what, um, how does a property have to present? Yep. Uh, and what needs to be provided to that type of tenant? Yeah. And if you're coming in from a different sphere and trying to overlay something yep. from a totally different um a different type of property, you might miss your mark. And I mean, wrong tenants or not present the property in an appropriate way over or under. Um, the classic rent. example there is, as you've um, mentioned, or we've spoken about in the past, I mean, what a student um, house might expect, the old shared accommodation, yeah. um, which can be pretty basic, but as long as it's got three or four bedrooms so you can jam as many people in it as possible, um, might be acceptable in some suburbs, but in the next door suburb, it's going to be put off pretty quickly because the family that wants to rent that property is not going to put up with those sorts of, sort of service. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just, it seems... Um, 
it seems pretty obvious, but yeah. local knowledge. Yeah, it's, and it's very important. important. So um, there's also increasing, I think, technical knowledge, for want of a better term. There's been a lot of changes to the Act in recent times, yeah. and from what you said to me earlier, there's more coming as well. Yeah, the Residential Tenancies Act, um, there was some major changes to it in March last year. Yep. And a lot of those washed through, but then some of the changes and amendments to the Act gave a bit a uh, grace period. Um, so, for instance, next March, I believe, um, there'll be a requirement for upgraded switchboards. Um, that's a requirement now. They've given it, it's not a cheap exercise. Yeah, eight hundred or thousand dollars to get an electrician out to do that. Um, so there's been about a year or grace, grace period. period. Yeah, but if you're not on top of that, and most property managers should be, um, but if you're not on top of that, you could find yourself um, you're scrambling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there, there, there's always changes, whether it be regarding um, the ownership or otherwise. Sorry, the um, having pets in the property or otherwise. There's uh, there's always something that you need yeah. to keep on top of, and um, good property managers will be well ahead of that and be able to advise their clients accordingly. The other thing that um, we talk about with experience too, um, property management has always been in the past seen as a bit of a stepping yeah. stone. That, and it's been more of almost a transient industry in that people have used it as a entry point into real estate, into property, to then get into sales. Yeah. And so we've always looked at pro people that look at property management as a career, yeah. and that's what they want to do. They want to be good. And you tend to find that they're far more engaged, they have a far better understanding, as opposed to those that might be thinking, well, I'm only going to do this for another year or two, and then I'm going to do yeah. something else. So I think if you can, I mean, it may not be as simple as asking that question, but for someone that's been, that's got the experience and the knowledge, they're probably going to be seeing it as a career path, rather than just a, a stepping stone yeah. to the next stage of real estate. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. The next one we've got here, which sort of follows on from experience, is communication skills. Um, and I think that's important, again, in uh, many industries across uh, in whatever um, employment industry you might be in. But um, it's very important with property management. Yeah, it's extremely important because the property manager, um, to use a bit of a, a metaphor and analogy, I think a good property manager will be like the hub of a wheel and the spokes, there's a number of spokes that run off that. So it's dealing with their clients, the owners, um, dealing with tenants, dealing with tradespeople that need to be employed from time to time for maintenance work. Um, being able to, if, if push comes to shove, go to VCAT, yeah. be able to represent their clients. So there's a yep. lot that the property manager um, has to coordinate. Yep. And there's different types of communication that is needed and expected. So um, there'll be times when a text, a text message, a form text message is appropriate, and there could be some clients, the clients that are that actually want that. Others, though, um, want to be able to pick up the phone and talk to their property manager. So understanding, understanding their clients, your, your client, yep. tailoring the communication appropriately in a timely manner, but not overdoing it, not underdoing it. So, again, that's probably self-evident and cuts across most people's jobs. But um, if if we have clients that express some dissatisfaction with the way their property is being managed, a lot of the time it is I haven't heard from yeah. X. There was an open for inspection on the weekend. It's Wednesday. I haven't heard from them. Mm. Um, Even if you've got nothing to say. Yeah, exactly. And I'll follow those property managers up and they're working mm. and they're following the uh, the applications up and they're doing it, but they just haven't, ex haven't communicated it. Yeah. Um, so that's the good ones know how to do it, when to do it, and in what sort of 
um, format. And sometimes that might be a like with any new relationship too. It might be a bit of suck it and see what does someone yeah. expect and what does someone not expect. Yeah. Um, but you you get you tend to get a feel for that pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you do. Yeah, yeah. And again, that peels back into experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's understanding that too. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one that you've got here: um, preparedness and ability to actually advise, yeah. as opposed to being a conduit between uh, tenant and. Um, I shouldn't. Say, I keep saying tenant. I keep saying landlord. Yeah. It should be rent, renter, and rental provider. That's it. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Um, and pro- if communication is one of the uh, one of the issues that that sometimes our clients have, um, the other big one is um, the need and the want for the property manager, as you say, not to be just a conduit, a pipe for information, um, where. They go to the client and say, the tenant has requested this, what do you think? Mm. Um, they want, people want advice. Well, that's what the tenant has asked. A, is it reasonable? How much is it likely to cost? What, what if any impact will that have on the, on the rent? Um, should I be doing it now? Should I wait for end of lease? Whatever it might be. Um, and people want advice. Yeah. Um, you may not take it. But you at least want someone, a professional opinion on it. Yeah, exactly. Particularly, and we've discussed this a lot, particularly our clients. I mean, mm. they've come to us in the first instance um, to want advice on what to buy and why. Um, so they typically expect the same thing from property manager. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation. No, it's not. No. Um, and it can, and again, you talk about gripes and um, concerns that, that people might have, um, but it's quite often a thing that they do. Um, is that, well, I've, I've asked for this, I've, I've chased this, but I'm, all I'm being told is, well, this is, these are the three quotes. Yeah. Um, well, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so that, that's, and that's somewhere that a good property manager will be able to differentiate their service and justify perhaps a higher management fee. Yeah. Um, it's just professionalising things. Okay. Yeah. Now, the final one that we, the final point that we were going to talk about is negotiation skills mm. um, as the, the as a the key attribute that a, a good property manager should have. Yep. Um, and this again ties in with communication skills. Yeah. Um, a lot of the way communicating a property manager to communicate appropriately with the tenant and also their their client, yeah, their rental provider. Um, so as a Yep, as an example um, of that, um, there's any number of ways to skin a cat. Now, usually negotiation comes, um, people think of negotiating rent increases. Well, that, that could, um, that, that's, that's pretty common. Um, but that, it's not just the $10 or $15 no. increase. There's any, no, I mean, be, negotiation could be anything like, um, well, we need to negotiate whether or not a split system put into an apartment is fair and reasonable or whether or not um, the tenant's been there for an extended period of time, um, maybe over five years, and the carpet's now become stained. If you want to keep the rent up at the same level, um, we we need to have new carpets put in or a security screen door put on, a, um, put on the front door of a property so that we can have a bit of an airflow through um, but still feel secure in the property. There's any number of things. And so is that a reasonable request? And therefore you need to negotiate, the, a good property manager needs to negotiate with the tenant, uh, with the renter or with the rental provider. Yeah, and it's, um, it, oftentimes this comes around, the negotiation comes around probably once a year when yeah. the lease expires. So is it a case of just going to the tenant and saying, um, or the, the owner and saying, um, 
keep the rent as is. Yep. It might be totally appropriate, yeah. entirely appropriate. Um, or it might be saying, well, how about we go to the tenant and say, listen, uh, market rent suggests it's worth another $20 a week. Um, and if you can tie that in with an increase, uh, with, a, with a new lease, well, fantastic. Yep. But provide an option. If the tenant is balking for whatever reason at that, we'll say, well, okay. Um, Give and take. Owner's happy to um, maintain the rent at the current level, but wants the certainty and the comfort of a fixed term lease. Yeah. Okay. Now, you can't force the tenant to accept anything, but there's, there's any number of ways of just trying to get, uh, trying to, um, you know, get something for you. For your owner and people appreciate that yeah absolutely that. but it does there is some negotiation that's needed very good um the one of the other ones was um around negotiation skills is playing on a on a property manager's um experience levels and we've certainly seen with a number of different companies that we work with um they started to almost go down a bit more of a corporate model which can sometimes be good sometimes it's not um and they start to split up the roles and responsibilities and, and try and narrow the focus of the of the property manager so to speak uh into the area of expertise so you can look at things like um management um then at, at leasing um to to get expertise in that area as well so what are your thoughts around that yeah it's it can work really well um people have different skill levels and i found this particularly over COVID. yeah and when it was very difficult to um find tenants and lease properties what i found would dealing with a couple of property managers that to that point were really, really good property managers. Yep. They were, um, they had great time management skills. They knew the act inside and out. They could relate to tenants, relate to owners, but they probably didn't have that ability to um, negotiate. Lease in a difficult lease market. In a difficult market yep. with tenants that knew that the they were in control. Yep. And they found it a bit. Um, but other other companies have a different model where there's a specific leasing manager yep and that's their skill set yep and then they mightn't be they mightn't have the skill set that a really good property manager has in terms of just that day-to-day and month-to-month um relationship and so they transfer it on yeah um that's that's it's good until it comes to a point where people feel that they're being bounced around yes and there's not that obvious point of contact where people can create and maintain a relationship with their property manager. Yeah. Um, so the, it, it works for some, doesn't work for others. Yeah. Um, yeah but it is an increasing trend as larger companies are taking um, or buying rent rolls of yep. smaller, older companies that perhaps, you know, their principal is um, retiring, whatever it might be. And so that's when those economies of scale um, get to a point where the those companies can start to split those roles. Yeah. So... Um, that's just something to bear in mind. It may work for some, may not for others. Now, one of the other big things that people always look at is obviously the cost of property management and um, what's fair, what's reasonable, and um, whether or not they should be paying certain dollars for certain uh, certain services. So have you got thoughts around that and what's reasonable, what's not? Yeah, I do. Um, <clears throat> I think too often people look to negotiate there and particularly the management fee I tend to find because that's the fee it's that monthly fee that's charged it's the one that appears always appears as a cost on your monthly statement so it's in it's front and center yep um, but it's much like also though um, interest rates from banks there's it's sort of your headline right but there's also the comparison rate yep and you've got to say well what am I getting for that um, increasingly property managers are uh, perhaps 
looking to reduce fees to match competitors, but then they hive out of that services that would otherwise be provided. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, routine inspections, um, and that might be that might be appropriate for a client or a, a, a rental provider that doesn't need to routine inspections a year. They might say, "Well, okay, I want a lower rate." Don't worry about two inspections a year. I'll pay for those separately if I do. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I think too often um, rental providers or the, the, the clients of the property management firms, they look to re- have, have a, they ask for reductions and negotiate a management fee down. And it's probably consciously or subconsciously, it's probably because they're not satisfied with the service. So they yeah. figure, I'm not getting the service. Why am I paying this? Yep. I think that's sort of counterproductive. You're better off saying, no, I'll pay that little bit extra, but I want that level of service. Yeah. Um, and you should expect it and too. you should expect it. Um, so it could come down to something as simple as 1.1% a year and people are satisfied with that with that drop. 1.1% um, a year on a management fee doesn't equate to an awful lot. Um, a $600 a week rent, for instance, over an annual period, amounts that difference amounts to about $340 a year. Per annum. Per annum. And that's before tax. Before tax. Now, that $343 a year saving could be chewed up very, very quickly if that reduction, um, that, that, that management fee reduction sees the services, the service that you provided, um, perhaps handballed on to another property manager. Well, by go- well that's the thing. Junior. I mean, most of the time when you go and, and shop it around and you go to, well, I can go to, I'm at, at um, John Smith Agency and I'm now going to Mary Williams Agency, how do you know that you're going to get the experience at Mary Williams that you had at John Smith? Yeah. You could very well be, yes, we can give it to you at a one, one and a half percent less, but have they given you the clarity around who's going to be managing the property for you going forward? And it may well be um, the junior that's only been in the industry for 12 months and is looking to use it, the um, property management as a stepping stone as part of their career, as opposed to having the senior manager that knows the act inside out. Yeah, and somebody who, um, tying back into our original point here, Jared, of knowing the local area. Yeah. You, if, if it's a $10 a week, um, $10 a week under market, you get your property leased, but that's $500 a year. Yeah. You've dropped gross, which is more than the saving yeah. of having moved it. Or Correct. If it's ten dollars a week more, or twenty dollars a week more than what the market yeah. is prepared to accept, you could find your property vacant for a week or two. You've chewed up all of those savings in next to no time at all. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, so that's probably the main points that we wanted to cover off today. So I thought we'll, we've still got a um, a case study that um, that Jordan's going to have a chat about now. So this one is a um, a property that we were helping some, or well, had someone come to us about. It was a uh, a two bedroom apartment in a Bayside suburb with a car space, typical nineteen seventies block, is what you've said to me. Um, I think it was a three story. That's yeah, right. Three, yeah. Yeah. So in the block itself was quite good in terms of being well maintained. So a good owners corporation in there. Um, but apparently it had been vacant for a number of months um, and the rental provider came to you and was quite concerned. So do you want to just elaborate a bit on what happened there? Yeah, it was quite a few months actually. It really surprised me. Um, He came to me and was just a bit of a a loss to know what to do with the property. I looked at the rent, the asking rent, and it was pretty low. So that sort of said to me, okay, that's, that's... that's well outside of what I'd normally expect. Uh, what's the condition like? He said, well, it needs a bit of work. Yeah, I haven't touched it since I bought it. Okay. Got myself through it and it more, needed more than just a bit of work. It was unlettable. Right. I'd suggest unlettable. Um, 
And I was just gobsmacked because I thought, well, surely, surely the property manager is aware of the condition. Well, that's the thing. So what, what sort of feedback had he been given about why it wasn't leasing? Because it was overpriced. Overpriced for the condition of the property. So the, the, um, the strategy was just to keep reducing the rent until, until the property was leased. Now, the owner was prepared to spend a bit of money on it. Um, I don't think he was aware of mm. the condition of the property. Um, but, um, yeah, we, I said, look, you just, you need to spend, it needs to be a full renovation. Um, it's got beyond the point of just a few bits and pieces here and there. It needs to be a full renovation. If you can cover that, if you've got the cash flow, if you're able to borrow for that, that's what needs to be done. Yep. Um, fortunately, he did. Um, he took the advice, did a good renovation, probably did a little bit more than what I'd have thought necessary. Yep. Um, but went back through it, looked great. Turned back onto the property market, back onto the rental market. Different, different property manager. manager. Mm. Yeah, different property manager. Um, and leased within about a week or two, mm. I think it was. So at least straight away. That's what the market in that area was looking for. Yeah. A certain standard of accommodation. And they weren't going to pay, uh, didn't matter how far that rent got dropped. Yeah. Um, Expectation was X. Was at a certain level. Yeah. And once that, once that was provided, the market responded. Yeah. Um, the What it equated to... Um, it was a low th the the man the rent the asking rent had been dropped to the point of low three hundreds in an area where you normally expect for a two bedroom flat to be four four twenty for in reasonable condition yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be, that's not renovated that's just in just, in just livable condition yeah, exactly. 15, 20 year old condition yeah yeah yep. um, and and then it let for um, mid four hundreds right so it's about a forty percent forty percent extra than an asking rent that the market wasn't responding wasn't to. getting yeah yeah. Um, and that that was around about a fifty thousand dollar renovation. Yeah. So again, so, so if you'd had significant, if you'd had someone that uh, a property manager that wasn't just being a conduit, but was actually providing advice, and instead of saying just drop the rent, just drop the rent, which is the easy way out, and said no, you need to spend money on this. And again, a rental provider who's prepared to do it, yeah. but you've just got to provide that advice. Yeah. So. And perhaps. Um, ad the advice received throughout the years before we get to a point where it was just deplorable. Yeah. Um, little problems are turned into big problems because of neglect um, and a property manager that really hadn't, frankly, hadn't been doing their job yeah. um, in appropriately inspecting the property. Yeah. Um, mightn't have needed to have done all of that work at the end, but it was done and there Good result, it's a good result in the end. Yeah, great. Yeah. All right, well, that's about it for today. Thanks for joining us, Jordan. It's been very, very insightful. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Jared. So um, we'll conclude there. As I've been saying the last couple of uh, weeks, we are doing a podcast in a couple of weeks' time with uh, question and opinion. So please continue to shoot. We've had a number of good, really good questions come through, but I'd like to have more. Um, so shoot them through to the email address podcast at wakeland.com.au. But otherwise, thanks for joining us for episode 41 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Continue to share it far and wide. We're getting um, some great feedback and, and a lot of following, which is really good. And if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit the website wakeland.com.au and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.